Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable and I write fluentlanguage.co.uk. I'm here today to answer a question from a listener of the show and we're going to make this a shorter episode than usual. So in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to attempt to give you lots and lots of tips that will help you if you are stuck on the intermediate plateau. And a lot of us have been stuck on one plateau or another. And in fact, I know that this is not a problem that is exclusive to language learners. So we'll get back to that one. Hold that thought for a minute and listen to our sponsor message for the day. This episode is sponsored and I say thank you very much to Speechling. Speechling is a website and app that makes it easy for you to practice and improve your speaking skills. And by speaking skills, we don't just mean your accent and how you're pronouncing the words, but there's actually more to it. For example, your rhythm, your grammar, and just lots more about how you put sentences together. It's really the best accent training around that I have seen because the difference with Speechling is that they use a combination of technology and human coaching to help you learn new languages. If you want to check it out and support our show, then please go to speechling.com and just kind of have a little look around. And should you want to upgrade at any point to the unlimited plan, you can get a lifetime 10% discount using the code FLUENT. There's even a classroom plan, so if you're a teacher, this tool can change completely how you work and how much work you do in class on the little things, whereas how much work you can do in class on the important things. Now, let's move on to our topic for the day. And I just mentioned plateaus. Language learning plateaus are an issue that really frustrates many, many people. And it's one of the questions I get most commonly. That's why I wanted to use it to kick off this Q&A episode run. Now, just like any other big, big goal that leads us to a happier life, for example, staying in touch with friends, losing weight, living more healthily, putting a good exercise routine into place or working on our career, language learning also is for the long haul. And it works best as a habit when you're doing it for the long haul. It's totally possible to reach these miraculous heights and short-term results that, you know, we do see. It's possible to be somewhat fluent in a very short time. But if we're looking for mastery and sustainable mastery, so really something that becomes a part of your life, then there's just no point really, in my opinion, to put your six-week boot camp crash challenge attack plan into place you want to think about sustainability and you want to think about how to keep going and that's where the problem with the plateau comes in because keeping going is so difficult when you feel like you're treading water when you're just stuck in place and this is to do with plateaus feeling very frustrating there's just no longer a reward for what you're doing in economics, there's this concept that sometimes gets referred to in psychology as well and in habit building in particular, and it's called diminishing returns and essentially is when you keep putting the same effort or think economics, the, the same money or you're a farmer and you put the same amount of fertilizer and the same amount of work in your field and for some reason you're just not getting as much stuff out as you used to. And in language learning, you can already imagine that this is a similar situation to the intermediate plateau. 
So, for example, you have been watching television, watching television in your foreign language, watching television, and you now can watch television without without. You can now watch television without the subtitles, and it's starting to feel excellent, and you're so proud of yourself. And before you know it, it's three months later, and that's all old news, and you don't really feel like you're getting anything out of it. Now, establishing a successful habit means having a good system involving triggers, so something that prompts you to get going or something that makes you want to get going, and rewards. So we don't do things if we don't feel the reward. The reward in language learning is often that sense of progress, that sense of, oh, I get it, that sense of, I'm getting better. And there's lots of different ways of measuring rewards. But before I get into how we're going to bring back that feeling that you are getting rewarded for your hard work, I want to give you a note on progress. And I just want to talk about your sense of progress and this whole idea of making progress. And that is really to remind you that you are in this. If you're a language learner who's been in this for a year, you or, or six months or anything, and you feel like you've worked hard and you have gotten somewhere, Maybe I'll go as far as saying, if you're feeling stuck, then you're in this for the long haul. <laughs> Because if you haven't given up, that is a massive, massive step. After reaching a level that shows you that you've been studying this language for a long time, and it doesn't always have to be measured in time, so if you just put a lot of effort, but time is usually where motivation really erodes, and you are so likely at that point to be no longer just here for the fast progress, right? There's usually something else that keeps you coming back to the language. And I recently, in, in the Facebook group Fluent Language Learners, I asked people, what do you really, really love about the language that you're learning? And the responses were so wide and varied. There were people who absolutely loved the logic of the kanji, the Japanese writing system. Others really, really love the the poetry that is in the Chinese writing system. Some others really love the crazy sayings that every single language can come up with. And for me personally, in, in Welsh, which I, if you're a regular listener, you'll know I'm still learning Welsh and I'm still not finished. So I'm with you there on the intermediate plateau. But Even thinking back to what motivated me to start learning Welsh, it was never a sense of fast progress. There are things in this language that make me happy to 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 say them. The sounds, I, I like the fact that my mouth can make sounds like didiahin <laughs> and, and things like that. I love the way it's written. I love the way it looks. And the more I get into the culture and um, the more I, you know, find I can read a bit of poetry or listen to it, the more satisfied I feel so there's really there's always has to be something more than just fast progress because that is where where your motivation will otherwise be very very shaky in the uh, language habit toolkit I call this the vision goal so if you're reading the handbook there the vision goal is really where we, what we're looking at where we start focusing on what made you learn this language in the first place for some people it's obvious it's friends it's relationships it's The joy of, you know, wanting to spend more time with them and spending time with dear friends is wonderful. For other people, it is that linguistic fascination with the words sound so cool. So it doesn't matter what your motivation is, as long as it's more than just, I want to be a master at this. I think that 
that puts a lot of pressure on you. Now, it also doesn't help to assume that your progress is going to be as fast in externally measured measures as it has been. It doesn't help to assume that you're going to an early intermediate level from zero at the same pace as you're going to go from where you are right now, somewhere in intermediate land, to mastery. It's sort of like learning the basics of a language and learning how to start making yourself understood, to get to conversations, to have your first sort of fluency sense. That can that can be done in maybe a month if it's a very straightforward language for where you where you're coming from or if you're experienced. That's something that can be done in a relatively short time. But just because if we're thinking in um, common European framework terms, which if you're not familiar with that, I'll put it in the show notes. But imagine there are six levels and they are A, B and C and A, B and C are split into A1, B1, C1 and A2, B2, C2. Yes, <laughs> but it doesn't go in that order. So we're going A, B and C and A is usually considered beginner, beginning foundation levels B is considered the intermediate levels and C is considered the advanced levels. And then in between each, they've split it. This split is obviously entirely arbitrary. There's about 17 different ways of measuring how good you are in a language. But I usually refer to the, to the CEFR, the Common European Framework of Reference. So I shall be doing that in this show. So it doesn't help for a second to think that just because you went from zero to A2 in nine months, which is awesome, you kick butt. It doesn't help to think that now you are somewhere in B2, you will get to C2 just as quickly because you won't. Because language learning progress in that sense slows down an awful, awful lot. It it really does. Unfortunately, it's it's not like simply saying, okay, I'm just going to run 10 more K and then, you know, like if you want to do a marathon, you just do that. And also there's no single point, like you can't do the marathon and then, and then be done in language learning. So that's just, that's just a thing to bear in mind that your progress is likely to have slowed down already. And that is a sign that you are really getting into the deep of it and you are exactly where you want and need to be. Now let's talk about rewards and how you can bring back the feeling that your work is paying off. I've got a few strategies for you because I think getting the reward right, getting that feeling of, yeah, I'm getting somewhere, getting that feeling of joy right, is what's going to help you stay motivated. And at this stage, really one of your main challenges is do not quit. Not if you want to keep going. Now, the first strategy I have for is to get fresher rewards to refresh the rewards that you have been getting so imagine again six months ago you got a real kick out of being able to watch the news in your target language three months ago you're still watching the news started feeling like yeah fine this is a bit of a chore but I'm still doing it because I was able to do it six months and it was an intermediate goal and I reached that goal now I have to keep doing this and today you understand everything, but you're kind of frustrated because you feel like reaching that news goal hasn't really given you much to go further from. So you're kind of going, well, I'm here now on my on the plateau. I've struggled so hard to reach. Where am I going to go next? Now, rewards 
are the most rewarding when they come after some really, really hard work. And when you really have worked towards a specific goal and a desire. And right now, your frustration is rooted in the fact that you're feeling a shortfall, but you don't quite know where to reach next. So what I would say is ask yourself honestly where you are most frustrated right now, where you are feeling inside this is missing. This is missing. Yeah, I can watch the news, but perhaps it is. Yes, I can watch the news. But when I am talking to two people or three people and we're going to a restaurant together and I'm in a group, I don't understand a single word people say. So then that would be where to start. Or perhaps it might just be that you realize, well, yeah, but my spelling is still terrible or I still can't remember new vocab. And maybe that needs to be like a new vocab technique, whatever it is. The question right now is what's missing? And that is a question only you can answer. So ask yourself that. What is missing? What do you feel scared to attempt? Whatever it is, it's likely not something that you can just sort of point at and reach for in your current plateau. It's likely going to be a little bit of work. So for example, for me, it's been something I've been scared of is to attempt to read a book in Welsh because last year I tried and it was <laughs> it was too difficult the book that I chose and I wasn't really into it and then I just you know sort of put the book to one side and I thought okay I'm just going to keep reading you know the news and my language learning magazine and it took me really sitting down with the language goals worksheet which by the way you can get in the language habit toolkit <laughs> but uh, so it took me really sitting down with the, the goals worksheet and thinking where do I want to be in 30 days that I realized I do want to follow a continuous piece of writing I do want to you know in other words I want to read a book I want to read a book in Welsh and that's when I got the book out again and I tried again but I wouldn't have sort of started with that by by myself another thing that I did was download the exam materials for the Welsh Intermediate exam because I was doing really well with the beginners one. So I thought it's it's time for a new challenge. Okay, so that's the strategy one, fresher rewards. Ask yourself what's missing and set the fresher rewards. Strategy two and three are related and they are about intrinsic rewards and extrinsic rewards. So in the study of motivation... In language learning, there's reference to intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is what I said before, is something that needs to keep you rooted to your language, something that makes you happy about that language. And if currently you're not really feeling the fire, it it's always worth thinking about something that you already love to do. It might be photography, it might be arts, culture, Reading books, reading poetry, maybe? Is it just me? <laughs> it might be traveling. It might be cookery. It might be just debating politics. And you're getting right in there. Doesn't really matter. Pick something that you already like and think about how you can make it relevant or how your target language is relevant to it. So the idea of the intrinsic reward is really what is it? that you internally are going to get out of this. Sometimes it is just about the feeling of mastery, the feeling of having kept going, and the knowledge that if I stick with this, I'm going to be better. Sometimes it's even just 
the feeling, well, I've come so far, I'm not going to stop now. And I'll be honest with you, that is the only reason I can speak French as well as I can. Because in French, I had very little extrinsic rewards, really. <laughs> like, I didn't do great in school in French. I was sort of a somewhere bumping around between a B and a C. But I had already identified as a person who likes languages. I already thought of myself that way. And I wasn't going to give up my whole language learning identity just because I wasn't really that keen on French. So I always just kept going. At every opportunity of dropping French, I, I decided to make an effort to stick with French. So I did. And uh, that's the only reason I'm, I'm fluent in French right now. Not because I loved it and it was a cakewalk. Whatever a cakewalk is, really. Sounds nice. Okay, so that's the intrinsic rewards, you know. So get get back in touch with, you know, really what's going to get you fired up. Or what, you know, how does this fit into your life and who are you as a person? That's vision goal talk, really. Strategy three, then, the extrinsic rewards. And that is that you might be missing something like validation from your friends and your peers, passing exam or something like career advancement. So you could just look around in your language learning environment. It could be something as simple as I want to pass the Add One Challenge. And that gives you a bit of external structure. And when you're in a rut and when you're sort of out in the doldrums, then this really gets you fired up again. And the fourth strategy so we've had extrinsic, intrinsic and fresh rewards. The fourth strategy is I want you to change or consider changing the conversation in your head about what rewards are and what you deserve or don't deserve a reward for because that is likely all about your results. So consider rewarding yourself for effort and not for results. And something that comes in really handy there is this idea of the consistent tracking you know, so again, habit toolkit stuff, habit stuff is if you keep tracking and tracking and tracking, then you can simply start rewarding yourself for the effort of having studied every day for 20 days in a row or having, you know, pulled ahead in your in your book, in your textbook and just gotten to chapter five finally. So there's just no point in burning yourself out, reaching for some kind of C2 level or weird sense of fluency that you haven't really defined you have to be really specific and it helps I have found to focus on the effort and not the result so now I have convinced you to keep going there is one question remaining that I want to tackle and that is how do you actually get better like how, what are you supposed to do because I haven't told you that and partly is because there is no grammar checklist or vocab checklist where I can say okay well you need to get from the 5,000 most common words to the 10,000 most common words although obviously if you want to get better at language you've got to learn more words but really the sense of the topics you're studying still is down to you if you don't have a personal interest in politics or housing or whatever in your target language and you don't plan to move there then there is very little reason to do it but there are a few standard approaches that will help you get better no matter really what you do. The first one is to do difficult things. Yes, working hard. Your learning curve is slowing, like we said before, and it's partly because you're not doing the difficult things anymore or because you're getting so good that fewer things are difficult. In other words, 
good problem to have. Getting to the C levels, so those advanced levels, without the four core skills of reading, speaking, listening and writing, in my mind, is impossible. You will not automatically get to the highest language learning levels just by keeping going with exactly what you're already doing with speaking or with whatever whatever it is. So you do need to develop your things and make sure you get that f- nice spread across the four core skills of speaking, reading, listening and writing. The second strategy is to put a yardstick into place. So if you're feeling like you're not making any progress, it's likely because you've stopped some kind of marker in your life from being there that usually used to guide you and make you feel like you're making progress. At the start, it's really easy because you sort of, it goes from, I can conjugate a verb to, I can make a sentence to, oh my God, that person understood me. Oh my God, that person understood me for five minutes. But at the point where you can talk to somebody for 40 minutes, it just doesn't feel as great anymore to go, this time it was 50 minutes. (laughs) So you can you can get that yardstick back into place in lots of different ways. And here are a few. Number one, set consistent path goals. By path, I mean relatively short term, 20 to 30 days, and share them with people. Put them on the internet or share them with a language learning buddy or your tutor. doesn't matter. And then check in every week. A good idea is to join some kind of language learning club or a language learning mastermind. There are various challenges out there that you can find that really focus on giving you that community support. So there's no shame in pulling that in. You can also write down your goals by hand, preferably, and be accountable to yourself. So really keep them in front of you. I fill in a language goals worksheet from the toolkit every month and I stick it up behind my computer screen and You bet I look at that a lot and you bet I see my goals in front of me and it makes me automatically work towards them. If you are looking for even more of a structured goal and even more of a preset goal, it can be really great to sign up for a language exam and to get yourself tested. And finally, do work with rewards and treats. And again, remember reward effort, not result. There is absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating where you are right now in the intermediate level, because you've already come such a long way. Now make sure you're becoming really, really clear on what you're working on and what you're aiming for. Something that happens to me is that people often say, you speak English really well. People remark on the high quality of my English. But if somebody was to aim for C2 level or The way I was tested, I tested when I went to university in England. I went and took the IELTS exam. IELTS is a very common, very well-known exam in the the field of English language teaching. So I took IELTS. The highest level that you can get in IELTS is 9. Apparently 9 is incredibly rare and it means you're extremely good. I, I did get a 9 and that was before I moved to England. So if you're listening to me right now... I am better than I was when I scored at the top of the scale. And that's because of the last point. Last strategy is you've got to find a person to mentor you in some way. And sometimes they don't even know they're mentoring you. After I, text, after I tested IELTS 9, I moved to England. 
went to university. And I went to Preston in Lancashire. That's in northern England. And let me tell you, I did not understand. I did not understand a word of Lancashire accent, love. <laughs> that was... Oh God! <laughs> but I did not, you know, I didn't understand the local accent at all. I thought I was literally. I thought, oh, IELTS nine. I'm basically done. I never have to learn English again. I'm going to know English forever. Yeah. No, because I went to Preston and I didn't understand a word people said, and that was that. So the person who became my mentor, who didn't really know it, was, believe it or not, I was a rugby girl. Was my rugby coach. And my rugby coach, because he was a person who had some kind of interest in, in speaking to me, because he wanted me to run left or run right or ruck or mole or Lord knows what. He was somebody who was a native to Preston. So that means I didn't really understand a word he said. <laughs> and he just happened to be a nice person who was patient enough to you know, to repeat what he was saying. So every week... When I, get, when I went to training, I would hear him and I would try to figure out what he's saying. I would ask my friend from London, whose accent I could understand, what he was saying. And slowly over time, I became more familiar and more comfortable, not just understanding him, but actually answering. Because when you don't understand, it's very difficult to answer. So this person had no idea that he was my mentor. But that is one way of finding this sort of language mentor. It doesn't have to be a paid tutor, as I say, but it can be absolutely, especially if you don't live in the country, a paid tutor. It could be a patient and dedicated friend. It could be a group of friends. People often, I think this is one of the big reasons that people often say they are really successful when they travel, because they put themselves in this world where language mentors are everywhere and they're really easily accessible. So just because something is not quite as straightforward, though, as moving to the country. You, it, if you are living right now, say, in the middle of the USA and you're chopping your veggies, hi, Elizabeth, <laughs> and um, you worry about, you know, you're never going to move to the country, so you're never going to get good. That isn't true, but it is true what Judith Meyer said on the show recently, and I think she was speaking English when she said it, just... If you don't put yourself in a situation where you need C2, top-level German, then you're just not going to learn it. You have to make yourself need it. And that means if you are not in your target country, that means putting yourself in a situation where you speak as much of it as possible and where people make you aware of what you're doing wrong, what doesn't sound quite natural, where you keep getting your word order wrong. And the person who really will be able to point out all those little things to you and explain how you correct them, how you fix them at those levels is a tutor. So don't hold back. Do consider getting your pay tutor. And that pretty much is my whole <laughs> speech to you today. So we're coming in at half an hour. This is the first Q&A episode. Now, I feel like I have given you a lot of information in this episode and I can absolutely make these a little bit shorter, make these a little bit longer. I'm really looking forward, though, to hearing back from you guys. I need to I need to know, you know, how are these how are these episodes going? This is the first time I'm speaking to you directly and really answering a question. I had a lot of fun and I want to say to you, intermediate learner, it's so easy to give up at this stage. 
But remember what you might have thought at the start of language learning. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean that we give up. Right? Right. <laughs> And you never, you're probably never going to be finished. Same way I'm not with English. That's it for me for today. And I hope you really, really enjoyed this episode of The Fluent Show. I really, really want to hear from you guys. And do send me your language learning questions. They don't have to be as general as this. If you want to talk about your specific situation and want me to find some answers for you or give you some tips on how you can get off the plateau, get unstuck, start learning a new language, keep motivated, whatever it is, let's talk about it. Send it to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk or hit me up and hit this show up on Twitter. The Twitter account is at The Fluent Show and that's where you can ask your questions or you can use the hashtag The Fluent Show. 